0: We've been on quite a journey for six weeks, six weeks in a row, we have walked with Jesus and the disciples as they made their way down from their home base up in Bethsaida, through Galilee, past Samaria, and into the wilderness areas of Judea. And each one of those six Sundays, we've heard a gospel story from a different part of the journey Each week, we've gotten a little closer to Jerusalem and also a little closer to understanding what's going to happen to Jesus when he gets to the holy city. Along the way, three different times, though we didn't hear all three of them in our gospel stories, but three different times along the way, Jesus predicted his suffering, death, and resurrection. And each time, the disciples responded with a mixture of disbelief and confusion. And that response led Jesus to offer clarifying teachings about who he is and what it means to follow him. Today, we've reached the very last stop on the way to Jerusalem. It's Jericho, a city about 15 miles away from the capital. That's a full day's walk. And if you've ever walked that road, I haven't. It goes uphill the whole way. About 3,000 feet of elevation is gained from the city of Jericho up to the city of Jerusalem. For a pilgrim, therefore, on the way to the holy city, Jericho was the last stop, the last chance to spend the night and to stock up on supplies before setting out on the difficult road ahead. For us, it's our last chance to learn, along with the disciples, who Jesus is and what we need to know about him before we get to Jerusalem where he will be killed. Today, our gospel lesson starts not with the arrival to Jericho, but with the departure on their way out of town. And as Jesus and the disciples and a large crowd make their way towards the holy city, a blind beggar, sitting on the side of the road, cries out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Like any beggar well-skilled at his craft, Bartimaeus had set up shop on a busy thoroughfare where he was bound to meet a lot of people. And like anyone really good at what he did, he knew that with a religious leader like Jesus walking by, this was his chance, his chance to call out to that rabbi and impose upon him a request for some change while the crowd looked on to see whether this holy man was generous enough to share what he had. Or at least that's what we think the crowd thought when they heard Bartimaeus' cry, because their response to the blind beggar was to make him quiet. Be quiet, they hissed at him, keep silent, save your flattering cries and appeals for someone else. The disciples and the crowd, were trying to protect Jesus. He was a busy man. He had somewhere important to go. They wanted to shield him from yet another beggar. Not unlike how the disciples had tried to prevent parents from bringing their little children to the rabbi so that he might touch them. But like those parents, Bartimaeus would not be deterred he cried out even more loudly, even more disruptively, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. And the crowd stopped with him. Call him here, the rabbi said to the crowd. It's interesting to me that in the retelling of this story, Mark focuses so much on the crowd. Mark wants us to read this episode and notice what role the crowd plays in the miracle. The ones who had tried their hardest to silence this blind beggar now became his greatest cheerleaders. Take heart, they said. Get up. He is calling you. That same energy and enthusiasm with which they had tried to keep this man away from Jesus now became a commitment to charity and his inclusion. It seems, therefore, that Bartimaeus wasn't the only blind man to receive his sight that day. As is true with most of Jesus' miracles, when we read the story, we discover that the healing itself is only a small part of what is being conveyed. That the man regained his sight, though essential to the story, is delivered to us almost as a passing thought right at the very end of the episode. Instead of focusing on the miracle, Mark gives us a dramatic story about the conversion of the heart and the transformation of the minds of all those who watched what happened on that roadside. Once that healing was over, Bartimaeus, who only moments earlier had been ridiculed by the crowd as being unworthy, picks himself up and follows Jesus on the way. In fact, Bartimaeus is the only person to receive a miraculous healing from Jesus and then get up to become a disciple. The fact that we know his name at all, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, is evidence that his participation in the fellowship of disciples was important for years to come. As we leave Jericho and make our way toward Jerusalem, what are we supposed to learn from Bartimaeus in order that we might be ready for what awaits us in that holy city Surely the disciples couldn't help but compare this blind beggar with that man who just a few days earlier had knelt down at Jesus' feet and asked what he might do to inherit eternal life. This beggar man had nothing to offer, nothing to bring with him into their fellowship, yet he had been included. While that rich man whose life overflowed with treasure and influence, he had been sent away discouraged. The disciples had had a hard time making sense of that decision. The rich man was the kind of disciple that any rabbi, any rector would die for as a patron. But the way of Jesus, the path that leads to the cross, It has no place for those who would rather hold on to their wealth than follow Jesus with their whole hearts. There isn't much time left for us to figure out who Jesus really is and what it means to follow him before he makes his celebrated entry into Jerusalem. In fact, On the very next page, the very next verse, we read that it is time for the disciples to go and find the colt that their master will ride into the city. Soon it will be time for the crowd who will throw their cloaks and palm branches on the road to be separated into two groups, those who want to crown Jesus and those who want to crucify him. Our finding our place among the crowd depends upon our ability to recognize what sort of Savior and Messiah Jesus is. The suffering, death, and resurrection of Christ are the defining moments, not only of our faith, but of our entire lives. And our ability to make sense of them depends upon our ability to learn what Bartimaeus teaches us. Jesus calls out to each one of us, beckoning us to follow him. The call that is issued to every disciple is an invitation to a life of poverty and powerlessness in order that the true power of God might transform us and renew the whole earth. Jesus does not call us to bring our wealth and influence into the community of faith so that the body of Christ might become a symbol of earthly power. He calls us to give those things away in order that we might belong to the one whose resurrection power is changing the world into the reign of God. That power to renew the world begins within each one of us when we answer the call to follow him as long as we keep looking for God's power and salvation to come into this world through the channels of wealth and influence, we are even more blind than Bartimaeus. But those who are willing to follow Jesus along the path that leads to suffering and death, and only then to the glory of the resurrected life, they are the ones who are given new eyes to see how God is at work in the world around them. Take heart. Get up. Jesus is calling us. Thanks be to God. Amen.